0: Hey guys, this is Jess and this is the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast. Thank you for checking in with me again. I'm super excited about today's episode. I am going to be talking with one of my favorite people, uh, Troy Williams. Um, We're going to be unpacking some of the fallout and some of the the processing that has been involved with um, Nipsey Hussle's untimely and violent death. I wanted to give people time to kind of work through their emotions and everything before releasing this episode. Um, You know, it's after the funeral. I think that a lot of us still have a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts and feelings. And I wanted to unpack them with someone who I felt like could understand um, what that's like, um, at multiple intersections. Um, Troy and I are both from the South side of Atlanta, shouts out to the home team. Um, we've both lost a crazy amount of, um, friends, people who we know, acquaintances to gun violence. And so, This is triggering on a number of levels, but also because Troy has devoted his life to the study of um, black communities and how we can better support them. He's going to go in more um, detail about his specific studies in the interview. So um, and I also wanted to just kind of pick his brain about like what we can do moving forward to kind of honor and carry on um, Nipsey's legacy But I did just wanna give people a little bit of time to to process their own feelings before we have this kind of collective conversation. So I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing this episode. I hope that you get something from it. I hope it's uplifting and encouraging for you. Um, But first, as per usual, we always start this show off on a super fun note, which is my fashion tip. So before we get into the interview, I just want to check in with you guys as we are getting our spring wardrobes together and all that good stuff. Sundress season is about to begin. So I know the dudes are excited, but um, just to give you guys a little bit of insight about where I am in my fashion journey, I am working really hard to curate my wardrobe. I want to get rid of The things that I don't really wear, that I don't really like, that are not even holding up, you know, the things that are threadbare and need to be tossed out or given away. Um, I have also been trying to get out of fast fashion as well, because I just think that fast fashion stores are bad for fashion and they're also bad for the environment because you can't really do anything with those clothes after they've been ruined after you wash them that one time. Um, I just don't think that's how clothes are supposed to work. So I may do a separate episode just kind of delving into that a little bit more. But I've been trying to purchase more like quality pieces that are going to last me for a while. Um, Because like I look at my mom, my mom has a really amazing wardrobe and she has things that she's had since literally before I was born um, because they were just really quality and worth the investment So a part of that mission means that I have to go shopping and I have to try clothes on and I have to face the fact that I am no longer a size six or a size eight. Um, I have gained weight like most people, and I'm pretty open about the fact that I have a hard time losing weight because food is delicious. And I live in New York where I have access to a lot of delicious food. A lot of the time. So it requires a lot of self control that I have yet to master. So, my advice to anyone else who is shopping, who's elevating their wardrobe, who may be in transition with their weight, go up a size. Um, <laughs> honestly, like when I go into these stores, I think the sales girls are very nice. Um, like they'll look at me and, you know, ask like, what size do you want? You want maybe like a sick? Nope. bring me your largest sizes. You can start at 10, bring me a 12 and possibly a 14 if the last one in the store has not already been sold. And just for my own sake, for my own sanity, I start with the biggest size because it's just really disheartening to try to stuff yourself into something that you just don't fit into like if it ain't working it ain't working and that's a word for all kinds of areas of life like you can't put 10 pounds of sugar in a five pound bag it don't mean that it ain't sugar no more but you need a bigger bag so let's all get a bigger bag um and i'm all for body positivity 100 percent. but a part of body positivity i think is addressing our bodies and things that make our bodies feel good My body personally does not feel good being stuffed into things that don't fit. I don't enjoy feeling like a busted can of biscuits. It's just not fun for me. So, and it's also been really helpful for me to gauge where I am in terms of my weight loss journey. Um, And just like, you know, honoring myself, honoring my body, being honest with myself. So if you guys would like to join me in that hashtag, go up a size. Um, You know, even if you have committed to the lifestyle change of, you know, I'm going to lose the weight, I'm going to get back down to whatever size you still need stuff to wear to work tomorrow, girl. You can't go to work naked unless you work remotely. And if you do tell me how, because I, I, too, would like to do that. But you need things to wear for every day and you should still get to be comfortable and like what you're wearing every day. So just in the interim, don't be afraid to go up a size. Nobody's going to know that except for you and me. But I'm not going to call you out because we cool, you know, so do what's best for you. Um, As far as purchasing more quality pieces, I ain't in none of y'all's pockets. I don't know what you can and cannot afford. I'm just telling you from my perspective, I'm not out here, you know shutting down the stores on fifth avenue because i ain't got that kind of money yet um but i do like to buy things that feel good i like to buy things that have some weight to them that have um you know just that feel like quality you know um i've actually done written an article about how to assess the quality of um garments so i might run that back if that may be helpful let me know what y'all think about that um But yeah, go up a size while you're shopping for your spring wardrobe. Your body will thank you. I will thank you everybody will be happy um and next up is the interview with troy um i actually closed the episode out with troy so i'm just gonna remind you guys now to like comment subscribe share send me money send me clothes that you think i may like if i don't like them i won't ever tell you i'll just give them away to somebody who might and thank you guys for coming back again so stay tuned for my interview with my good friend troy williams happy to have you finally on the podcast i wish you were under better circumstances but happy to have you no know less so tell the people who you are what you do
1: and why
2: oh, absolutely oh, what's up everybody uh, my name is troy williams i'm originally from college park georgia uh, <laughs> currently um i'm a phd student at the university of wisconsin uh, my department is the School of Human Ecology. Uh, I'm getting my degree in civil society and community research. Uh, my profession is uh, I'm a, an evaluator slash system scientist. So I evaluate programs to ensure that people are uh, spending their money correctly And ensure that if you have a program, let's say if you have a nonprofit, if you have an initiative, that you're getting your intended outcomes uh, that you plan to do it for. So one reason that I chose to go into this field, one reason why I'm very passionate about it is because I was a director of an after school program. I also attended after school programs almost my entire life. Um, And during these processes, my director of the or my executive director would state that, okay, if we uh, feed these students breakfast every single day, they'll make better grades, um, which we found to be true. So what I do is to go in and to see why that is happening and see how much people are paying for that and why. So I use quantitative and qualitative methods to ensure that those things are happening.
0: So you make sure that people spend their money how they're supposed to spend it and that everyone gets what they need to get.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, mo- most importantly, uh, it's ensuring uh, that Black families, Black people, Black individuals are protected. Um, the three projects that I'm working on, um, I'm working on one project that's on the Life Course Initiative. Uh, that's about Black infant mortality. It's a program that's in that took place in the southeastern uh, Wisconsin. It's a $10 million project that I'm working on. The second project, is uh, Black opioid use uh, in, in uh, Madison, well, in Dane County, which is in Wisconsin. I'm ensuring that uh, I'm trying to see why people got started using opioids. So that's more of a developmental evaluation. And the third evaluation that I'm working on is like with PBS, uh, Wisconsin Public Television. And I'm ensuring that um, I'm seeing what programs they use and how people are using it specifically like Black folks and
1: Native folks.
0: OK, so you have a whole lot on your plate, but it's a lot of work that you're passionate about, which makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so like when I think about you, like when I first met you, I can't remember not knowing you, mm-hmm. but you were just a whole completely different person. I think I was a whole completely different person before we both moved from Atlanta to study you know, things that we were passionate about. And, you know, we just always made sure that we kept in touch with with each other. And I think over the course of us, you know, me pursuing a degree in fashion and you pursuing these fields of academia where you're learning how to help our people, we still ended up crossing paths in our consciousness a lot. So I've always really enjoyed unpacking things that occur with you because we come from the same place, but we're both kind of like growing outward from it. So I wanted to check in with you just to kind of get your perspective on, um, Nipsey Hussle's death and his murder as we know it to be. Um, I think that the shift in consciousness regarding love and purpose and like a purpose-filled life is so palpable right now, like within our community, because he was this very impactful person. He wasn't like an A-list rapper to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but he was someone who was known and who was respected and who was trying to do the right thing. Um, I think that, especially coming from where we come from, mm, people, Black people get money and then leave the community. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... I've always kind of had a problem with that. Like, you know, if you grew up in College Park and you get money, you, you know, reach a certain level of affluence and then you move to like John's Creek and you're no longer putting money into the community that birthed you. That always kind of bothered me. But then we see what happened to Nipsey, you know, who was doing the right thing by putting positivity and programs and money into his community. And that's kind of what got him killed to an extent Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to know for one thing how you were processing um his death and then also how do you reconcile the choice to help our communities in places where some people don't want to be helped
2: it's it's so interesting that you uh actually contacted me about this well First, I guess I could begin with uh, how I'm processing this. Uh, Yeah, I'm still very much processing this. Uh, For the past, last night even, um, I had a very difficult time sleeping. So since this has happened, I just see so much of myself in Nipsey Hussle. And I know that that's very selfish almost in his death. But I saw someone who has sacrificed his entire life's work uh, who has who, who has just worked really hard to be a spokesperson in this community to advocate for folks in the downtrodden and for the way how violently he lost his life. Uh, it has just been so difficult for me to understand uh, how can this happen uh, to even give you a little bit more background in uh, 2012, 2011 and 12 when uh, Kevin Scott was murdered, when uh, my friend Jerry Bibbs was murdered. And also I had another friend from my neighborhood, Kevin uh, Guerrieri. He's from, uh, he lives right around the corner from me. So when those three back-to-back deaths happened, I was so afraid. Um, That's what actually inspired me to move to California initially for my master's degree. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't necessarily afraid of like my community, of my people, but it actually kind of materialized that Someone can really take your life. Uh, And that was just very difficult to process and to understand. And it and even though I wasn't like really best friends or close friends with all of them, I didn't speak with them every day, but they were in my life enough that when this happened, I decided that I needed to run away. And I I still am trying to 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 reconcile that with uh, like how can I still be active in my community? How can I help people? I don't even want to say help people. How can I energize people uh, to continue to be to be active in my community? Right. So um, with this Nipsey thing specifically, it's just been very difficult. For me, because everything that I read just is about how you can properly engage in the community. How can you ensure that you're uh, not causing harm to the community? And literally, every single thing that that I saw Nipsey doing is something that I've actually set as almost like a framework uh, for folks to uh, for folks engaging in community work. So, um, another example. So, at the beginning of this semester, so my wife is from California. So a lot of my wife's friends, uh, she's from L.A. specifically. So a lot of my wife's friends, whether they're in. So my wife's father was the firefighter for the movie industry. My wife's friend is attorneys for the movie industry. They're uh, doctors in the movie industry. So no matter what in L.A., I saw a lot of people being employed by Hollywood, by the by the film industry. And I said, well, if we're going to move back to California after we leave Wisconsin, I need to figure out a way to uh, how I can be employable by them. So Ooh. so at the beginning of this semester, one of the things that I did is I went to my advisor and said, I would like to create a course about how Black entertainers uh, engage in corporate social responsibility. So this entire semester, I've been uh, reading books. I've been uh, writing papers uh, about how Black people specifically are engaging in community responsibility and and how they're thinking of themselves as corporate corporations so yeah. one of those people at the top of my list list was uh nipsey hustle uh looking at operations like that he was conducting at vector 90 of uh, those things that he was conducting uh in the crenshaw area so when it hit when i when i originally read it on my screen the first thing that i did was actually uh ridge text me so when ridge text me i said no nah, he's wrong so i i po- i looked i looked at it online. And I saw it and I immediately closed the computer. I was in my office. And uh, and then a couple hours later, uh, Ridge text back and told me what happened. And it was just very devastating. So I, I don't know, I, I'm still like digging through this, trying to reconcile, like, what does this mean for myself? And another thing that I've been doing, I've been actively trying to stay away from uh, conspiracies.
0: That's um, what I really, it's interesting that you brought that up because I really wanted to ask you, what you thought about the conspiracy theory because it's his death kicked into effect so much, it's like it, it was like a, a stopwatch or something, mm-hmm. or a, a switch flipped on everyone was triggered in their own individual ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a lot of women were triggered in that it's like, wow, you wait your whole life you go through so much with so many other guys to finally find the guy who's, who's your guy, who's your person. Mm -hmm. You finally found your person and somebody took your person away like that. Um, So a lot of women were instantly just like, Oh my God, Lauren London. Mm -hmm. And then I know for me as a creative um, and I wrote about this earlier this week um, and I don't think that it's selfish at all. When I think that when a young person loses their life in such a tragic way, it makes anybody who that person touched, you know, tangibly or intangibly, it makes you get introspective. So I think that that's why we tend to kind of think that the way we process death is selfish, but I think it's supposed to be. Otherwise, there's no purpose there. You know, Mm -hmm. I know for me, I started thinking about, I know what my purpose is, but why aren't I energized? to pursue it right now. Cause I've been in kind of, you know, a slump. And I was just like, what if I died right now, having not done the things that I was supposed to do? Um, and I, you know, especially people from where we're from, like at home, when you think about the number of people who we know mm-hmm. who have been killed to gun violence. Mm-hmm. And I think about what those people could have gone on to do, could have gone on to learn, could have gone on to teach, That's the tragedy is that unfulfilled purpose, that unfulfilled potential that just stops, that we'll never know what they could have done. And when I saw people talking about the conspiracy theories, I immediately wanted to be mad, but I was like, you know what, maybe this is how they're processing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was listening to our, you know, our friends Ridge and Tiz on the Fish and Grits podcast, shouts out to Mm y'all. They were kind of talking about like, Why they were why they weren't so readily accepting what the media was telling them happened.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I immediately wanted to be like, come on, y'all are smarter than this. But I was like, you know what? This is how they're processing. Mm -hmm. So what was your purpose for like staying away from from those conspiracy theories?
2: Well, one, uh, I often I have a difficult time uh, picking like one identity for myself that is like okay this is what what I am. But I but uh, but one thing that I really align with is I think of myself as a scientist. Uh, So because of like the field that I'm currently in, so in the scientific method, it always says observe, hypothesize. You have experimentation, you have data collection, and then you come then you reach a conclusion. I often think that most people they I think they observe and then they hypothesize, and then that's it. There's no more exploration at all for yeah. anyone uh, but for me i um I observe and then I hypothesize it may take me it may take me about a year or so, and I'm comfortable with that ambiguity I, i'm I'm comfortable with sitting in that and understanding that I don't have the answers to this yet, but when I do have enough uh information, then I will be comfortable enough to uh to to stand on stand on firm what i believe um i'm comfortable i'm comf- i'm very comfortable with stating that i don 't know the answers to things and I think a lot of people don't uh they, they don 't feel that comfortable with saying that but because like I, I don't and i also don't judge folks who do i think that is i think that it's very brave to be able to stand up and say that okay I am comfortable with this I'm going to call it a hypothesis. You may call it a conclusion. But I am so comfortable with this hypothesis that I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to tell my mom I'm going to get T-shirts made with this on it. And that's that. But for me, I've been for for my entire life, I was stuck in that hypothesis phase uh, for so long. I am just weary of of, of standing on that. So because of that, I just really try to stay away from those types of uh, conspiracy theories.
0: I mean, and I think that that's important, too, because we get so much news in such rapid time. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, Nikki and I have talked before on the podcast about like with the Jesse Smollett situation, for example, why couldn't anyone just wait? Mm-hmm. We were so ready to say this is what happens and this is what that means in these in these specific terms. And so let's move forward from here. No one was willing to wait and see. Um, And I think another example of that was this past year sometime when Chris Brown was accused of like sexual assault in I think maybe it was Paris or something. Mm -hmm. People immediately jumped to say this is a conspiracy to bring down another black man and yada, yada, yada. instead of just waiting Mm -hmm. to see what happened. I think um, there's a quote by someone that I wrote down not too long ago, but it was something to the extent of we as humans have a problem with always trying to answer questions that are not ready to be answered yet mm-hmm. and i think that that's where that comes from but when when a person dies you need to know why mm-hmm. it's it's just i think it's like a human need cuz how how can you settle it in your spirit if there is not a solid quantifiable you know whatever that this is why this happened instead of it just being maybe that's not for you to know, Mm -hmm. or maybe that's not for us to know. I think that, especially with our generation, we need to know, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. but we're not willing to do the exploration to find out anything deeper. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think a lot of us kind of rest on our lens. This is how I see the world and that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been reading up a lot about like energy leaks and one mm-hmm. of the main energy leaks is strongly held opinions. Like you can have an opinion on something, you can have a thought on something, but when you hold on to it so tightly that you aren't able to explore or experience anything outside of that, you are draining yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what I saw a lot of. And I was just like, it kind of sent me in panic mode because I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't go down this road. Don't do this. Don't be those people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Um, with that being said, I thought that it was really, really interesting, um, the fallout from Kodak Black's comments.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, that was upsetting for me for a number of reasons. Um, I do think that we all really want to hold Lauren London up and offer her all the love and support that she needs during this time. And she, you know, should be protected and all those things like that. But I couldn't help but question, well, how, how can we cherry pick which women are worthy of that kind of protection? Shouldn't we protect all women mm-hmm. in that way? And I just thought that it was really interesting that it wasn't even in response to her per se. These other rappers and entertainers were coming out against him in the name of Nipsey. And it kind of just as a feminist, I was looking at it from the perspective of, so her proximity to a man who you deem worthy is the reason why she's worthy of this kind of protection. But when Kodak Black was just making these comments about um, young MA, Mm -hmm. that didn't matter as much.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I have a really hard time with people like T.I. And especially the game who, you know, was going on a whole spree of putting women's sexual history on blast and stuff like that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Why? Just why? You know, why aren't all women, especially in our community, worthy of that kind of protection? And it was so upsetting for me Mm -hmm. on so many levels because it's like, so I'm not deemed worthy if I don't have a man to co-sign that I
1: am. Mm. Mm. Well,
2: uh, on those lines, I mean, I don't know if you know right now I'm not on social media, but where I am getting my pop culture news from is like conversations with friends. So I talk to my friends at least three times a day on the phone or via a chat group. So when I saw that pop up, it was extremely confusing for me. I was like, hold up. He did what? But like one of my best friends, Ridge, uh, he, he's always said to me since we were 13 years old, he say, hey, bro, don't try to explain lame shit. Uh, excuse my language.
0: No, that's <laughs> fine. This is a safe space to curse and explain.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think, I think all that shit was lame. Like I think, I think that what Kodak did was lame. Like uh, even though, I mean, when I was 22, who knows? I'm sure that I've said more ridiculous things than that when I was his age. Uh, but that doesn't excuse it. And also T.I. thinking that he's coming to the rescue of Lauren London or his friend is uh, was 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 strange, something that I would not have done online. Right. Which I think is which kind of goes back to my kind of argument against social media that, you know, sometimes bro, just stop and just think for a moment and let's think through how we could address this more properly, because I don't think this is um, this is how we how, how we should best address this situation. So, um, but I, I do want to address like, um, your, your, your comment about, you know, being in proximity, um, to, two men for you, for someone to go to bat with you. Um, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, but I haven't really sat with that long enough to really give like a, a an answer that I feel more comfortable to give an explanation for, for, for why that is. You understand? Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah,
0: I mean, it's a, it's an incredibly disheartening thing because I've, I have been in situations and this is going to sound like really, really far fetched, but I promise you this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in the club, we were in a section and this guy was trying to talk to one of my friends.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm not going to name any names here. So mm-hmm. to talk to one of my friends who is married mm-hmm. and she was like no thank you I'm not interested and he was like oh well why not and she was like well I'm married and he was like and to who and she said who he was married who she was married to and he was like oh since you married to that person I'm going to let you live he literally said I'm going to let you live <laughs> but it struck me because I was like so if he had to try to talk try to talk to me and I had said no thank you I'm not interested you was gonna I had to die because I wasn't interested in you. I got to die because I ain't got no man. Like damn bitches gotta die because they single. You know what I'm saying? And it's like it's stuff like that where I've been walking out of a club mm-hmm. like with a guy, but if he was walking up too far ahead of me and another guy tried to grab me, the guy would have to come back to grab me to like show like she's with me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If that guy hadn't been there, then what? You mm-hmm. know. Stuff like that. It's like when you have to navigate the world in that kind of way Mm -hmm. where you, a person like me, where I've been single most of my life, I've Mm -hmm. been single more than I've been in a relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. just looking at my 31 years of life Mm -hmm. and stuff like that scares me Mm -hmm. because if I don't have a man in my immediate vicinity to step in for me, I'm fucked.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or there have even been like instances on the train where like I was coming from a photo shoot and this man like got up out of his seat, came and stood in front of me and was just like looking at me in this way that I was just like, is he about to hit me or bite me or what? And I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Cause this New York subway. Like you never know what, anything could happen. Uh-huh. Like, and I mean, anything could happen. It's just a strange place. Yeah. And so this other man who just so happened to be observing, like got up and came and stood beside me mm-hmm. until the man got off the train. And he was like, are you okay? I'm so sorry. I didn't know what was happening. I just didn't want you to feel like you were by yourself. Like, And I'm appreciative of like those instances where someone does step in, Mm -hmm. but you're afraid of like what happens if someone does not step in. And I think that it's Mm -hmm. incredible that Nipsey is somebody who garnered that kind of respect. And I'm not trying to take away from that at all, Mm -hmm. but just to zoom out a bit, why is that what's necessary for Black women to be safe? Mm -hmm. You know, that's not something that I can control, like- Mm -hmm. I'd love to be, you know, in a great relationship with a loving, happy, you know, self-possessed man, but that just Mm -hmm. hasn't happened for me yet. Mm -hmm. So I have to navigate the world from this place of like kind of fear because of that. That's really kind of scary for me. And I think I would like for us to look more like as a community, I would like for us to look more at the way that we teach men and women how women are to be treated. Because I was kind of looking at TI and especially the game, like, this is a monster of your own creation. You Mm -hmm. all have given people like him license to treat women like this. Mm -hmm. So when are we going to like start looking more internally, like at our community and the way we treat each other, but I'm going to speak for myself as a woman. Mm -hmm. At what point are we going to start to say there's something wrong with the way we treat Black women, because mm-hmm. it's just been a part of hip hop culture so long that it's just passing down. This mm-hmm. is like a microcosm of just passing down a generational flaw. Mm-hmm. That I was just like, does no one else see this? And yeah. I was really hoping that somebody would say. It. And I was really happy that a lot of people on social media were just like, now hold on, something ain't right. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, I can understand that, and I, and I'm rolling with you on that. Like um, like I said, I. I mean, I I just can't, I really can't understand why, why, why that is. You understand? Like, um, I will say this. One reason why I think that some people may have been like not with one reason why why, when I heard what Kodak Black did was how much um, was how much that uh, the the game kind of advocated for his wife. And I know what you're saying that. Why is that needed for someone to? To be to, to 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 respect women and Jess, I really do wish I I knew the answer to that like I I really do I but I I don't unfortunately some niggas is fuck niggas you know what I'm saying like in yeah, some and, yeah, and yeah.
0: that really just be the truth of it sometimes and I, I get what you're saying like and I like the 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 terminology of like don't try to explain lame shit that's some bridge stuff to say <laughs> um, like a hundred percent that's some bridge stuff to say mm-hmm. and. I, I get that. And I mm-hmm. at this point, you know, as I'm trying to elevate my consciousness and my understanding of the world, of our community, of myself, of all those things, you know, trying to figure out a lot of things like
1: mm-hmm.
0: what's happening around me and where I fall into what's happening. And am I causing any harm and things like that? Um I don't know that you or I right now in this space could solve that problem, could answer that question, but I would hate for it to be just, mm-hmm. you can't explain lame shit.
2: Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're right. And, and to that, and to that statement, I will say that like one thing that you did with, uh, that you've done with me is said like, Hey, Troy, I didn't appreciate when X happened, you know, can, can from now on, can we ensure that this is not happening? And how can I stand by you? You know what I'm saying? From, from this point on and allow stuff like that to happen. And even though, and so I think that like being, being sure that when you're rolling with your homeboys, that when you have friendships with men, uh, even though that's giving the work back to women and that's not at all what I'm trying to do, just ensure that like, Hey bro, like if you see a woman in danger and in harm, say something, bro. Like, And it shouldn't just be your homegirls. It should be everyone. But that lesson that you gave me, man, I, I took that shit and I've definitely been like applying that throughout my life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm mean? saying? So I, I think that that may be where where to begin, like those immediate interactions that you can name specifically with folks and with communities and with people uh, individually at that individual level. And hopefully that can begin to spread to crews And so on and so forth. But like, that's the only way that I see that um, that it could begin to uh, to to take change uh, right away.
0: Okay, I I agree. I think that it's important for us to be vocal Mm -hmm. and for you guys to listen. That's Mm -hmm. what people always ask me whenever I have to have conversations about like feminism and how men can be better allies. And my Mm -hmm. answer is literally always listen. Mm-hmm. Don't listen with the intent to respond, but actually listen, sit with it, take it in and and go from there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, before we close out, I just want to I want to touch on something else. And I know that this is basically like your life's work and you probably can't sum it up in like one sentence or whatever. But mm-hmm. I just want to ask, um, like I said, I've noticed this shift in the collective consciousness um, of our community mm-hmm. of people reevaluating how they love. Mm-hmm. Um, And what their purpose is and clarity mm-hmm. on their purpose and carrying that out. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's beautiful. And I want us to keep this same energy as we continue to process Nipsey's death, as we continue to celebrate his legacy. Like, how do you think or what are some ways that we can kind of carry that forward? Um, mm-hmm. to Kind of just like. Yeah. To, to keep that same energy moving forward so that we are improving like ourselves and our communities. Like, do you have any ideas?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing that I often try to do. So like I stated, I am a system scientist. So I look at things uh, in systems. So I begin with the end uh, with the family system with a community system, and with like local laws and uh, state policies, like macro level systems, right? So uh, one thing that I will begin to do is uh, start immediately with your family. What are some things that you can do with your family uh, to help them? One thing that I'm doing uh, in May, I'm coming home to Atlanta, and I'm organizing a post high school fair for all the children in my family. Uh, I am seeing what are their plans after high school and seeing how can I and the other members of my family help them move forward. Uh, And I think that that shouldn't just be the work of that's not just going to be a one time thing I'm going to put together or the people who I'm working with who are in my family, we're putting together tools and resources for them to see what they can do moving forward. Because a lot of times, a lot of people who I know who was doing um, unconventional things, uh, if you will, was doing that because they didn't see any other options, and no one told them, "Okay, now what?" Ooh. And. So so I think that just beginning with that family level, then seeing what you can do at a community level and then also going on and hopefully like at a macro uh, state level. And that's one thing that I'm working on here. Uh, the evaluations that I'm utilizing to see that black people here in, in Wisconsin are well in Dane County, where uh, Madison is, are overdosing at higher rates than white folks. So I'm saying how can I can utilize uh, the research. That I've, that I've conducted, that I've gathered the data to try to impose policies that impact Black families specifically at a state level. Uh, so just, and, and you don't have to be a researcher to do this. I see people doing this in school districts. Uh, I see people doing this uh, throughout the state, specifically here in Wisconsin when it comes to Black families. So just being intentional about what you want to do, naming a cause and attacking that cause uh you know, with, with fever, with, with, you know, with a hundred, hundred miles per hour ahead.
0: And that is so beautiful. I want to be a part of this thing in May. Give me a call. I would love to come help. Oh, um, great. so thank you. I appreciate, I felt like that was like a big ask of somebody mm-hmm. who like, this is their life's work. Like I met this mm-hmm. girl at church who was studying, um, Christianity through, throughout the diaspora. Just basically, like, you know how people kind of think that, like, the concept of Jesus is, like, a a thing that white people gave us? Mm -hmm. And she's, like, devoted her life to studying the fact that that's not true. Christianity Mm -hmm. has kind Mm -hmm. of always been within Black folk all over the world.
1: Absolutely.
0: But whenever I, like... to ask somebody like, okay, so what are you what are you studying? What are you working? It's a big ask because it's like, mm-hmm. well, how do I break this down? Um <laughs> So I was like, let me just tread lightly here. But those mm-hmm. are really great, tangible um places from which to 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 start. And I, mm-hmm. I like that it's it's almost kind of branded. I think that just like my mind right now is so like in branding, but mm-hmm. I think that it's so important that Within that, you're strategic about going about things. Mm-hmm. So I, I always like to have like bullet points. Like in my mind, things have to be bullet pointed for mm-hmm. me to, to know. Like or they have to be numbered. So the fact that there's a an inner and outer and a macro. That's I love that. That makes me very happy <laughs> on a number of levels. I feel yeah. like that might be my kink or something. Like if you could just lay something out for me in bullet points and numbers. It's like, hello, you have me on um, But thank you so much for coming, Troy. Hope to do this again soon. And I super appreciate you. You're amazing.
2: Thank you for having me. Please tell the family and everybody I said what up.
0: Will do. Give my best to the wife. All right, I will. All talk soon. Bye.
1: You later.